If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Better with Dr. Erica, hosted by Dr. Erica, provides support and guidance in navigating stress-related challenges to transform your relationship to self-care. Each episode arms you with the tools needed to be better, do better, and live better. There was an incredible episode that you should check out called Touch and Connections as Tools for Healing and Better Mental Health. In this episode, her guest breaks down ways to use physical touch as a form of healing for trauma and grief. Check out Better with Dr. Erica on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Stressblueprint.com is going to be everywhere. Um, You know, you're going to be hitting all the benchmarks that you want. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Hi, Diane. How are you? I am great. How are you, Wendy? Good, good. I'm so excited that you are here, and I'm super excited for our conversation on vision. Um, I just want to let everyone know why we're talking about this. So as many of you know, I go around and I speak to many people from uh, students to CEOs to C-suites, and one common theme that has been coming up in all of my talks is vision. Many people, doesn't matter how young, how old, um, if they're just starting their career, if they're advancing their career, a lot of people don't know what their vision is. And who better (laughs) to come and talk to us about vision? Uh, Diane is a vision accelerator. I mean, there's no better person to really talk about this topic and really give us some nuggets and talk about the importance of vision. So before we get started, uh, Diane, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Awesome. Well, you know, it's so funny, Wendy, I actually have been doing this for longer than I recognize. Um, I am a counselor by trade. uh, And I thought that I started my uh, desire to be a counselor when I started my master's degree. And then I ran into someone a couple summers ago, Um, And we were in eighth grade together. And he always used to say, you're my counselor. And um, I just laughed because I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm really a counselor and a coach. And so really from a young age, just had the gift of listening to people um, and being able to hear what they're not saying and synthesizing what it means and what their um, passions are just by um, that careful ear. Uh, And so that's kind of how it manifested over time. And I think that that's why I love having these conversations with people to have them to realize that vision isn't, we don't just get one vision. Sometimes it comes to us multiple times, sometimes because we're not listening and perhaps not acting um, in what we're called to do. Uh, And so um, that's what really makes me excited about the work that I do, uh, having that opportunity to talk to people 
um, and hear where their gifting is and then how they will be able to step into that or perhaps pivot if they're in a space of feeling like they're stuck. Um, but I think it's really uh, neat to be able to have um, those conversations. So that's that's kind of how I got started and certified and um, really have used it in a lot of things that I've done over my career. Uh, so it just makes it exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think you're, you're the right person because like you said, you've been doing it for so long and I call that your true gift. Like that's our gift. Our gift is not what we went to school for necessarily. Our gift is what we bring to whatever we do. Uh, it doesn't come with a certification. It doesn't come with the initials behind your name. It's that that thing that you can't, it's the intangible thing. You can't really put put words to. Um, so so I love that you're, uh, is it eighth grade you said? Eighth grade friend? Yeah, eighth grade. We were in yeah. middle school together. And he's like, my counselor. And I was like, oh my gosh, like in that moment, it hit me. And I literally used to be like, all right, do you want a session tonight? And I would have all my little friends signing up to talk to me about who they're dating or what, you know, what's going on. But it just made me laugh that, you know, um, I did do social work uh, as a major undergrad and then um, counseling for my master's degree. Um, but it wasn't until a while after that I realized that I really am about futuristically, um, that space is kind of where I always, okay, so that happened, but what, you know, is our next intention as it relates to what you want to do? Um, so even though, like you said, the degree was in, it prepared me, but it prepared me with all the other things that I had always wanted to do and, and was doing. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, and Diane, can you tell us what's the definition of vision and why is it important? So vision is really important because it's your rudder, you know, like giving you direction for what you are going to do. And so I often, when I'm working with my clients, say you wouldn't jump in your car and say, I'm going to New York City and not turn on your GPS or not pull up the address that you're going to. Um, and so vision is that same thing, just having a concept, an idea of what you're forging forth to do. Um, and then just getting really clear about the steps that you need to take um, to manifest that. I love that because one thing I always say is that, you know, I'm the stress solution strategist. I focus on stress management and emotional intelligence. And when we are stressed, sometimes we can't have the clarity or we don't have the clarity to see straight or to revisit our vision, right? Because sometimes, you know, we have it at the beginning of the year when we're doing our vision board parties, we're, we're very clear <laughs> on the vision, but, you know, quarter two, we forgot about the vision. Um, 30 so, months, 30 days. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And especially, you know, you know, people who are in their careers and doing the things and have the titles, are just so bogged down. And, and I think vision is so important because you have to reevaluate yourself. And I think you said at the beginning, it can change. Mm -hmm. Like, are you on track? Are you on track? Because we evolve as, as we grow and we experience things. And like, I think people need to dial in and kind of revisit their vision. Absolutely. And I think with that, um, you know, it's being honest, you know, why are you not maybe hitting the benchmarks that you wanted to hit? And then, you know, I always say that the best investment you can make in yourself is coaching or self-development, because if we could figure it out, we would have already. 
Um, and so sometimes having that outside perspective to be able to help um, give direction. And I'm a coach and I still hire a coach, you know, and so I practice what I preach, you know, in terms of there's always a next level and there's always something more. And if you're talking to someone and they've act or they're acting as if they arrived, I always say that's the time to run um, because we're all on a journey. Right. And, you know, um, I think it's really important to look at where you are and look at where you want to be and then look at the steps and maybe what is it a personal self-sabotage? You know, um, in my program specifically, we have something called the dreamer and the doubter. Um, and, you know, our dreamer is, you know, stressblueprint.com is going to be everywhere. Um, you know, you're going to be hitting all the benchmarks that you want. And then the doubter is, you know, maybe I should just be a mom and not follow my dream, right? Like, you know, so everyone has this dreamer that's like telling you, you can knock down all the walls and make it all happen. But it's really important to also tap into your doubter because the two of them go hand in hand. And sometimes you don't know who's going to show up on a particular day. And so it's nice to know their voices so that you don't get stuck um, in self-sabotage. Oh, I love that. I love that. What are some things you found in your, your, your work as a coach and social worker? What prevents people from revisiting their vision? What prevents them from? Yeah. What, what are some, some obstacles that kind of get in the way? Because, you know, the first January 1st, everyone's excited. Everyone has a vision board. Everyone knows the thing. Everyone's in the gym. They're doing the thing. What comes up that prevents them? Like they, they, they just lose track. They're, they're off track. I think time management is a big piece. You know, I think that a lot of times people have um, vision for something that they want to do, but then they don't have the clarity around the goal. Um, so then, you know, if you don't have the clarity around the goal, so yes, I want to lose, you know, 50 pounds by June 15, but if I'm not committing to going to the gym three times to four times a week and doing an hour worth of work at that, I'm not going to hit that goal. So then the frustration happens because the clarity isn't there. So then we don't make the time because then the reality is we all have the same amount of time. And there's some people that are wildly successful and then there are others that may feel like they're staying in the same place. It's really the decisions that we make as it relates to how we're going to manage and govern our time. And that connects back to discipline. Um, you know, so if you kind of look at that and, you know, oftentimes that's a conversation that I like to have. What's your relationship with discipline? Would you say what would be your rating that you would give yourself on a scale of one to 10, 10 being highly disciplined and one being I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> and then how do you deal with confrontation? Because if you're being told that you said, you know, because sometimes some of this work is holding the mirror, you know, and I always say, sometimes when we select friends or family members that we love, uh, we know who to call when we want to make an excuse. You don't call the person that has good discipline that's going to say, you know, you should have got that together, Wendy, because you said that on January 1st. We call the person that we also know they tapped out on their goals. So they're like, girl, you know, I know you were busy. You didn't have time. That's you right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, 
you know, I often say that's why it's important to have that culture, to have someone, you know, in your life to be that mirror, to really push you forward towards the things that you say that you want to accomplish. Um, so I would say time is definitely a big um, deterrent. And I think that um, sneaky self-sabotage is a huge um, piece. You know, sometimes that imposter syndrome can feel like, you know, you might want to do or be something but then feel like you aren't in the space to be able to do that um, based off of the way that you're seeing yourself or maybe the fear of what you think you may lose if you become this CEO or if you become this high powered person that maybe there wouldn't be space or love, you know, so then that self-sabotage can have you to say, okay, well, maybe I don't really want that because I feel like I'm going to lose this. So all of those things are important conversations to have um, as we look at what we want to accomplish. Um, and I think that everyone's route is different. Um, and so that's why it's not a one size fits all. Um, you know, sometimes um, in the program, you may have someone who's really good at setting an intention um, but then their, their struggle may come up, you know, in the sixth week when they're realizing that they're having a difficult time with failure or that they always have been successful, right? Like, so kind of being able to tap into, um, what each specific person has as a, as the barrier, but, you know, we all have something that can make us have a stumbling block. I think the important part is to be able to take it apart, um, to be able to put the pieces together to move towards manifestation and success. Oh, I love that. And while you're talking, I'm like, you need a coach. <laughs> you need your, your coach. The coach is your person. So mm -hmm. it's definitely uh, your person. And I know like the coaching industry has like taken off recently and mm -hmm. people are kind of, everyone's a coach now. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Everybody, whether they certified or they're not certified, but I think it's important to find your person and, and more importantly, find your community. Uh, I think community is so important when you're trying to make a shift in your life. Cause sometimes we try to make, we try to do different in the same environment and mm -hmm. it just really doesn't work. So I love what you're doing. Cause for me, vision is um, your compass. Like that, that's like you said, it gives you that roadmap where you're going, um, and I was just blown away that really that senior leaders, senior leaders who like are running, you know, profitable, you know, these expensive companies, they don't know what their vision is. I, I was just so blown away by that. And um, I commend them for being courageous to raise their hand and say, I don't know. I, I just don't oh. know. I think the struggle sometimes, too, is when you hit a certain level of accomplishment and you are the person that people go to for answers and direction, um, you almost feel sometimes like you can't have someone that you go to for answers and direction. Mm -hmm. And I think that that becomes a lonely place. Again, when we talk about, you know, dreamer and doubter you know, then that becomes that, like, am I weak? And then th that's the voice of the doubter, right? That would make you feel like you can't go and reach out to another person to get that support, even though everyone needs that support, right? And so um, it's often, that's something that happens often at that leadership level. 
and it's it's sad because they have so much skill and ability, um, but just need to take that corner and get that additional support to be even more fabulous, you know. Um, but sometimes it's difficult because you know that judgment, and I think, and sometimes that self judgment of like. I'm not sure that I can do this, but I think that it's important to, like you said, find someone who is a good fit for you, um, tap into resources that the person may offer, um, do some trial runs, you know, um, some initial one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings to see if that person is your coach and how that feeling, you know, feels um, in that moment. Because I think, um, again, being a woman, um, and sometimes I have to change my analogies talking, but you don't go in the store and find the perfect pair of jeans or the perfect bra. You kind of have to try on a few. And I think the same lies in for counselors, for coaches to really have those meetings, have those conversations, have some questions, maybe ask, um, you know, we all have a divine intelligence. And when I think about vision, I often like to talk about that. Um, it's kind of, it's what babies have. Um, when you see a baby and they're like not connected to a person, they have something inside of them that's telling them, you know, this is a good person. Like you, their aura is good and you're connecting with them. And then sometimes the baby, ah, ah, and then we as adults can say, oh no, go to auntie, whoever, or go to this person. And the baby's like, ah, and it's something that just is not aligning as we get older sometimes what happens is that we separate from that intuitive knowing. And so what I like to say is that if you're looking at connecting with a coach or connecting with somebody and you feel like you're already, your doubter has been running high, maybe ask yourself for some sort of sign, um, some sort of something that's gonna bring you peace in a way when you have that conversation that you know, okay, that feels good. Like that feels like someone, you know, maybe sharing something that maybe you had felt uncomfortable sharing and seeing what that person offers you in that consultation time might be a, wow, that's, that's worth the price of admission. Like, you know, because now that person has given me insight on something that I didn't, that I had been struggling with. And that means that if I go ahead and do more work with them, I'm going to get more from it. Um, and maybe having a couple of those meetings so then you can compare, um, you know, any coach that's trying to like have you to jump on with them right away is usually a coach that's just trying to fill their practice and not serve you. Um, and so I think that that's, as a consumer, that's also something to be um, mindful of. You know, it's about your betterment. It's about you really getting what you're looking to get. Um, and about you doing the work also, right? But I think there it, it goes hand in hand. You can't have someone who has their own ulterior motive and then you're not committed to having picking the right person because then it's just a disaster and you're just setting yourself up. Um, but if you're really focused on enough is enough, I'm ready to live the life that I was created to live. I'm ready to show up and rise up into the person that I'm supposed to be. And I wanna talk to someone and have them to help me to stay accountable until I walk in those shoes and feel what it feels like to be in that space. That's 
that's the coaching relationship, right? That's um, vision at its best because anything that you want to have, do, or be, you have the power to do that. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of really just breaking it down and believing that you can have it. And then you look back and you're like, wow, I'm here. (laughs) And I've had so many clients that, you know, they're like, can you help me do that? And I said, I can help you. You just got to do the work, you know, and um, I'll be here cheering you on and kicking you in the butt the same time and, you know, making it happen. But I think that, again, you have to really be committed and both parties have to be committed. Yes. Yes. Diane, what are some things like, I I know getting a coach and being in a community, all that is very, very, very important to to your point, but what is, what is some inner work that people can do? So people that are listening, they may be like, oh, I don't really know what my vision is. What's some inner work that they can do kind of on their own before they take the next step to explore coaching? I think that, you know, it's really important um, when you think about vision is what you say to yourself. Uh, what are you thinking for yourself? Um, and for me, sometimes that leads me to affirmations. Um, when I think about work, um, inner work uh, that needs to take place, you sometimes self-talk is, is, is the worst talk. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes things that we are saying to ourselves are things that we wouldn't say to a friend. We wouldn't say, you know, to our inner child, but we're saying it. Um, and so really being able to reprogram and spend some time um, with yourself. And I always tell people like work it in when you're brushing your teeth, you know, uh, when you are taking a shower, you can be saying your affirmations then, you know, you don't have to wake up 30 minutes before. Cause you know, people are always, I'm busy. I'm so, you know, my day starts and I'm just going, but you know, there are functional things that we all have to do to start our day. Uh, and we can kind of incorporate uh, those positive things in um, to that, you know. So I often say, I love the, you know, I'm fit, firm, and muscular, you know, for your, you know, saying that in the morning makes me go, okay, I got to get to the gym. I have to do things to um, create that fit, firm, and muscular body. You know, I am, I am, and I'm living my perfect peace that allows me to make sure that my space is honoring the peace that I desire to have, right? Um, You know, if you're not in a relationship that's honoring you, you know, saying that I am enough and my perfect partner will love me for all of the things that I am, right? So anything that you want to work on, we have to do the inner work. There's an African proverb that I love and it it says, um, the enemy outside, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm, mm-hmm. you know? And so that always, you know, just says to me that we have to do the work with the enemy that might be trying to creep within us because then once we take care of our own stuff, there's nothing outside of us that can harm us. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that. Yeah. Inner work is so important. I love affirmations because for me, it's rewiring your brain, right? So so the, your mindset shifts, your thoughts, which, you know, then goes to your, your behaviors, how you operate in the world. Many times we're not saying affirmations, but, you know, those uh, negative thoughts, that negative self-talk that we're not saying out loud, 
still impacts how we behave. So, so important. And I'm a big journaler. I love to journal. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a good one. You know, <laughs> yeah. taking in, in additional information with YouTube, um, yes. doing things that kind of settles your brain. If people are really busy and just like, you know, maybe coloring or mm-hmm. you know, this coloring you can do on your phone um, because sometimes people, you know, don't want to get crayons or get colored pencils, but you can do it on the phone with your finger. Um, there's apps for that. Um, you know, maybe it's word puzzles. Like I think anything that you can do to just slow yourself down um, is really, really key um, so that you get a chance to think. Um, and everybody has different ways of winding down um, to be able to tap into what's next and what's good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I have a couple of additional questions. So, you know, our audience, we, we have, you know, nurses, we have healthcare professionals. We all went to school. Well, that's why I met you, right? I, I right. met you many years ago at St. Joseph College. I know. Yeah, whole um, thing, right? Yes, yes, yes. Look, and, and men. <laughs> yeah. Totally different now. Right. Um. But like going to school for nursing, very stressful, right? But we're like, mm-hmm. we're just chasing that dream of becoming a nurse. Uh, we get out, we take our NCLEX. I'm speaking for everyone in general, because, you know, usually people who are successful, you know, some many of them have degrees and, and they go through this, um, this journey of getting mm-hmm. to where they want to be. So you, you take the the NCLEX, you get your your license, your degree, your 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 stamp, your initials, and then you go out into the workforce and and, and you're working. Um, how can those people kind of pivot? So as a nurse or as a healthcare professional, you're working, you're taking care of patients, you're just in it, you made it. How can you pivot from that to say, hmm, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? This is very stressful. I'm in it. But is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this really the vision I have for my life? I went to nursing school many, many years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing now today? Because you said something at the very beginning that your vision can change. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I'm asking is, can you give people permission <laughs> to change their vision, change the trajectory of their lives? Absolutely. Like, I don't necessarily think that because we do one thing, we have to continue in that vein. Sometimes you may be a wonderful nurse and that was something that you were supposed to do to get particular information because you're supposed to go and follow another path, maybe in a whole nother field. You know, maybe you're going to be an amazing psychologist because you really have a great understanding of the body, or maybe you're going to, you know, go and do something else um, in a school that has nothing to do with nursing. Maybe you're going to be an English teacher because you always like writing, you know, from when you were a child. But, you know, something said, oh, go do nursing because you're going to make money or, you know, mm-hmm. that's a better feel. You know, you'll, you know, have a job, but you're volunteering um, at an organization that you're a part of and created a great poetry group that excites you, you know. And I think sometimes in our in our lives we have things that we love and then we have other things that maybe may be our majors or things that we feel that we were told guided um maybe we just enjoyed the class but we 
pick that as a major. You know, I, I think even when I, I, you know, I spent years working in colleges, but I often laugh looking back. Um, college students can't make decisions for themselves usually. Um, they're not allowed to be out late, you know. So I just think back to all of the people that either weren't able to stay in college because they made bad decisions or <laughs> they stayed and they made it through, but perhaps because of that guidance and that, you know, while it was good, but directives on like, you should be doing this. And they didn't get a chance themselves to say, this is what I want to do. So mm -hmm. I say all of that to say, sometimes people do end up in jobs that I want to make my mom proud. I wanted to do this because that was my dad's dream, you know, and then you get to be 30 and you're like, I don't want to do this. Right. And it's cool. Don't do it. Because I always say your passion um, will be followed by profit. Mm -hmm. mm. And like, it's really important to work in your passion and the profit will show up, you know, and people sometimes get stuck into, you know, I'm going to have to go back to school, go back to school. You know, I, I encourage people to listen to podcasts. I, I know for um, a stint, I listened to people that were following their passion and just like stories of how uh, one lawyer just was like, you know, I'm not going to do, he was a very um, well-established criminal um, lawyer. And he was, had all these cases and he was just like, you know, I'm going to cut my practice off and I'm just going to meet with clients and work with people that I enjoy. And he was like, that's what I'm going to do. If I don't like it, I'm not taking it. And his, um, account end up calling him like halfway through the year, like, Hey, what are we going to do with all this money? Because he had done so he had served so many more people because he was working in what he wanted to do. It's just, it's just classic. Like, you know, so sometimes again, to me, that's our saboteur that gets us to feel like we have to stay. Oh, I don't want to let this person down. I don't want to let myself down. I, you know, how am I going to pay my bills? You know, and I'm not saying quit your job and go jump, you know, and be irresponsible. Um, don't come looking for me uh, for, I watched this podcast with Wendy and the girls that do it. <laughs> um, but I'm saying that I feel sometimes we can get stuck and we need to be intentional with looking at what really gives us that feeling of joy and then chase that like nothing else because you're going to feel good. If you're waking up and you don't like that job and that's not where you want to be, yes, you're there, you're existing and you're doing the people's work, but don't you want to do your work, the reason why you were created? You know, I always think about um, how hard, and you know, as a science person, it's hard to make it onto this planet. You know, just the creation of who you are and how that all came to be the whole time that you grew in your mother's womb. And then to make it onto this life plane through birth, it's not an easy task. So you really came out winning. And then now we have to figure out how to keep winning while we're living. And that means that we really have to tap into what's our joy. And I think we all have a distinct, unique purpose for why we're here. And sometimes people go, I don't know my purpose. But then that's where I would say you have to like fish around. 
you know, to what really makes you happy, right? And like, I don't think that that means that you do have to go to school. Um, Sometimes I laugh now as a person who worked in higher ed and, you know, working with high school students now, sometimes I'm like, maybe college is not for you, you know? But what do you love doing? Because I don't, I don't connect. You get a lot of debt being in college. Is there something that you do like no other that you could create a living and a joy doing by serving the world? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the greater question, right? Like, so I think, so sometimes I find students will kind of gravitate towards me because they're like, this is a different conversation. Like, what do you really love? You know, like what class do you go to and it's easy for you to get a grade or what space do you thrive in? You know, and if it's lunch, I talk to them about hospitality and like, you know, culinary arts, like, you know, because everybody doesn't thrive at lunch. Like there's some people who that's, that's the worst part of their day. Right. Because they have to interface with people. It's noisy. It's right. So like, I think sometimes we're so fixated on that. Like sometimes it could be sports, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be a football player, basketball player but there's agents, there's, you know, managers, there's, you know, there's other roles. So I think sometimes we need to think collectively about all of the roles that people play and then what role will that be for us? Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. Before you go, I would love to share a free stress management resource with you. Go to stressblueprint.com and download your free copy of the three questions to ask when you are stressed. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Better with Dr. Erica hosted by Dr. Erica, provides support and guidance in navigating stress-related challenges to transform your relationship to self-care. Each episode arms you with the tools needed to be better, do better, and live better. There was an incredible episode that you should check out called Touch and Connections as Tools for Healing and Better Mental Health. In this episode, her guest breaks down ways to use physical touch as a form of healing for trauma and grief. Check out Better with Dr. Erica on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.